Thank you, Marsha. Good evening, everybody, or good afternoon, as it is where I am. My name is Mick. I'm an alcoholic. <clears throat> I'm an atheist. Um, my sobriety date is the 24th of February 1999, and my home group is the Belimba uh, Freethinker Secular Group, which meets at the Belimba Library 7.30 every Thursday night, uh, and you're all welcome. Uh, and it also goes out on Zoom, as, as Marsha is, is aware. We're a hybrid meeting. Now, that's how I normally open my share uh, at any time, and particularly if I'm sharing at a, a, at a traditional AA meeting, which I don't do a lot of these days, but occasionally I do. And the reason I do that is not, is not to be arrogant and not to be confrontational by advertising my atheism, nor is it to be boastful about the length of my sobriety. Um, but who I'm talking to is that person who I'm pretty certain is going to be in the room and there's probably going to be more than one of them, uh, who has some reservations about the God thing in AA. Now, that may be a newcomer um, who's been belted around the ears by their sponsor um, and told to fake it till they make it right after they've been told that this is a program of rigorous honesty. Um, or it could be somebody who's been sober for, for a considerable period of time and has never really been comfortable um, but, uh, but, 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 but knows no other way. Now, and I do this because I wish there had been somebody in that meeting in 1999 um, to get up and say that um, because, uh, because it would have saved me an awful lot of heartache over the years. Now, to go back to the start, <clears throat> I was born in 1947. Um, in, a, in a farming community um, in rural Australia, um, two alcoholic parents. Um, alcohol and alcoholism has been a part of my life, literally, literally, from as far back as I can remember. Um, my parents were relatively well-to-do um, uh, farming people. Uh, they were Irish, they were Catholic, and that's, that's a pretty much a, a, a prerequisite uh, to be an alcoholic. Um, and and um, but they were they were fairly highly respected in the community, um, and they were, as I know now, both of them were were um, were binge drinkers. Um, living on a farm um, tends to tends to 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 lend itself to that form of drinking because the hotel's not or the or the bar's not just around the corner. It's a considerable drive on bad roads uh, to get to town. Um, so so going for a drink. Uh, probably meant driving, you know, into town, spending the day, the day at the bar, and then driving home again. Now, back in the 1950s and 60s that I'm talking about here, no earlier than that, not your 1950s, you know, drink driving and what have you wasn't the issue that it is today. And and I don't ever remember my dad bringing a car. Actually, um, I've seen him. I've seen him get home, uh, get home and, and fall out of the car. Um, but somehow or other we managed to drive. My mother was a different, a, a, a different sort of a drinker again. Once again, a, 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 a binge drinker. But my mother would probably only drink, I think, from what I can remember, two or three times a year. Um, and when she did, it was a doozy. It was a doozy. Um, and almost always at home. Mum, because in, in those days, and I can only speak for Australia, it really wasn't sort of the done thing. For, for, for women, um, uh, women who considered themselves to be of a bit of class anyway, to be drinking in, 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 in bars or what have you. So, so the drinking was done mainly at home for mum. Um, 
So, so that was sort of the that was that was what I grew up with. Um, I can remember Alcoholics Anonymous being mentioned in the home when I was. I'm suspecting here somewhere no more than about eight or ten. So I'm probably talking late fifties here. That would have been only about ten years after AA came to Australia. Um, and the discussion in the household was that this particular friend, and I still remember his name, it was Ponce Moylan, um, um, had uh, had gone to this bloody thing called AA, and it, and my my parents were somewhat perplexed about it. Why would he go and do something like that? And and the consensus was after they discussed it a bit, was that well, it was probably his wife's fault because she was well known to be a bitch, um, and uh, and she hadn't uh, she wouldn't go into the pubs with him. She wouldn't go to the pub with him. So the poor bugger had to go to the pub on his own and then she'd be home uh, looking to give him the rounds of the kitchen when he got home. So that was so that so AA was discussed, but in, in somewhat non-flattering terms. Um so and my 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 childhood wasn't terrible. Wasn't terrible. I suppose my parents loved me, but they didn't, there wasn't much, wasn't much demonstration of that either towards each other or to or towards me. Or to my sister, who came along some six years later, um, but uh, but that's that's how it was. Now, my uh, my mother was to pass away when I was fifteen, not as a direct result of alcoholism, not as a direct result of alcoholism, uh, but it was just a, a cancer thing, probably something which, by today's medical standards, may well have been treatable, but certainly in in uh, you know in the early sixties wasn't. Um, but um, um, so, so I suppose if you'd have asked me at the age of, of twelve or so, um, set a timer on myself here, um, whether um, uh, I would have told you that I would have told you I'd never drink that stuff because I'd I'd seen too much of what it could do, seen too much of what it could do. But yet, yet at the age of fifteen, which was shortly after Mum died, um, I started drinking. I started drinking. I I I was already a somewhat willful child. Because my parents really had had little control and very little interest in controlling me. I was smart, and I had the school results to show that I was smart. Uh, I, would, I, I would top my class, um, but um, went from being from being at fifteen a um, as I say scholastically well regarded, playing competitive schoolboy sport in a couple of sports at elite levels, um, to by the time I was seventeen. Uh, I was living virtually on the street uh, in Melbourne, uh, in, in the capital city, um, and 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 I would have told you that it was because my mum died, and because they wouldn't let me stay home and run the farm, and 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 because of a whole heap of other reasons. I think the most significant reason is is that is that I had been introduced to alcohol. Now, when I look back on it now, for almost from the time I took my first drink, I exhibited. I exhibited the, the 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 hallmarks of the alcoholic, insofar as there has never been a time in my entire life that once having picked up a drink that I was able to guarantee either my consumption or my behaviour. Um, and to me, that has been that. And that was true at 15 at my first drink, and it was true at at somewhere a bit over 50 at my from my last drink, my last drink to this point in time, and that which I hope will be my last drink, uh, last drink ever one day at a time that's not looking too bad at this stage um so so there so there we are so at 15 i was and i had and at 17 18 um 
always considered that a, 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 an advantage at the time, and I look back on it now, it was probably my greatest curse in that I always had, always looked older than my age. I was quite tall. I, I was and am a little over six foot tall um, and, and, and sort of fairly, fairly sort of, I suppose, streetwise. Um, so I could very easily pass myself off as, as being of legal drinking age and older. Not that anybody really cared much back in those days. Didn't really matter. You know, having being of drinking age involved having money to put on the bar, and that, that was about as far as, as ID went. Um, so I was, I was living the life of a, of, a, of a grown man. I remember one particular time um, when I was actually, and my, my fortunes would sort of fluctuate, you know, I'd, I'd be going all right for a while, I'd get a job, and then I'd wind up with the arse out of my pants and, and, and that sort of came and went. At one point in time, I wasn't doing too bad, and I got into a boarding house, uh, and it was a fairly strictly run boarding house, um, and, and the old lady who, won it, who ran, it, ran it had a heart of gold, she really did, um, and she sort of took me in and tried to tried to mother me, um, and, and that boarding house was, 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 was used by... Uh, a um, state electricity commission who used to send linesmen, uh, country boys, down to Melbourne to to go to schools down there to learn how to be linesmen, I guess. Um, and they used to stay at this, uh, and they some of them used to stay at this boarding house. Now the old girl who ran the thing was forever getting up these blokes about taking young Michael out and getting him on the grog. Um, now the reality was that it was fairly widely known, apparently, around the State Electricity Commission, that if you can get into, into this particular boarding house in Oakley, there's a young bloke there who knows the back door of every sly grog um, and every and, and, and every dive in Melbourne. This is back in the days when there was it was six o'clock closing and no and no Sunday trading. Um, and I and I'd made him a business to so I was I was I was a bloody tour guide. Um, so I never paid for a drink. Um, so that I could I could roll back in this boarding house blind, rotten, drunk every night. Um, and this old girl's uh, young cook of these blokes were taking me out. Uh, she had it all wrong. I was taking them out. Um, and that was at the age of about 17 or 18. Um, so I was, so you know, I was well, I was well on the way then. Blackouts were becoming a fairly, a fairly, um, uh, pretty much a part of my life. Um, I can remember on on one occasion waking up, um, waking up. Uh, not alone, um, and and um, and looking around and 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 spotted this this woman who I'd never seen before in my life, so far as I was concerned. Um, it was a, a, probably a few years older than me, um, and and you know that awkward question of who are you and where am I, um, um, and um, and uh, the suburb that she named was a bloody long way from where I knew I'd started off the night before. Um, and I said, how, and I said, how did we, how did we get here? Sit in your car. Now I was seventeen, and that's below the, that's below the driving age. I didn't have a car. I didn't even, I didn't have a license. Wasn't old enough to have a license. Um, and there was a, there was a, a Holden station wagon, Holden's an Australian model of car, uh, sitting out the front, which, which, which apparently I'd driven her home in. Never seen the car before in my life either. Um, and so far as I know. That Holden car may still be sitting on the side of the road in Broadmeadows, uh, you know, 60 years later, because I haven't been back to get it. Um, but uh, but that was sort of, you know, sort of fairly typical of the sort of caper that I was getting up to. Now, at around about the age of 18, 
I, I, I went back up the I went back up the country um, and I'd actually, on a visit up there, I'd actually ran into a girl that I'd gone to school with. Actually, I'd ran into her father in a pub, more to the point, um, and, and formed, a, formed a friendship, which was to become a relationship um, with this girl, and I subsequently moved back to, to a country town. Now, at about this time, as I say, my, my mother had died a few years earlier. My father, my father was... Um, my father was was deep in the grip of alcoholism, deep in the grip of alcoholism, and and I tried to, uh, I was too, but I didn't realise it. I thought I was doing all right, um, but um, so I, I I went looking for help for Dad, and I actually went to the library. I don't know why I did this, but I did. I actually went to the local library, and I found a book called Alcoholics Anonymous. Apparently, the local a local AA group had donated this book to the library. Um, so I took the book home and I read it and I can't remember now, you know, it was a long time ago and I'm flat out to remember what I had for breakfast, but, but, it, but I, I don't remember now whether I read the book in its entirety, but I, but I obviously skimmed enough of it, um, to have it, to, to, to get a, to get a, a, an idea of, of what it was about. Um, and I could see that dad really, really needed this. Um, and that was an opinion that my father was never to share. And the sad fact is that my father died of this disease when he was some years, quite a few years, 10, 12 years actually, younger than I am now. Um, so so that was that. And that was at the age of about 19. Uh, by this time I'd married. I'd married this childhood sweetheart. Um, and, and um, yeah, that was, that was always bloody doomed for disaster um, because we, we were a pair of kids. I was 19, she was 20. Uh, she was, she was, she came from a, Somewhat dysfunctional family background. We were both escapees and 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 saw saw our salvation in each other. And it was it was never to be. You know, it was a decent woman. Um, and 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 that was never to never to be. But we did have four kids. We did have four kids. Um, and um, anyway, uh, to get back to the timeline, um, I, it was about two years later that I at the age of about twenty one. That I realised that 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 my alcoholism was 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 kicking in big time, and I and I and some of what I'd read in this book, uh, some of what I'd read in this book, uh, obviously came back to me, and I I attended my first my first meeting under on my under my own steam anyway of Alcoholics Anonymous, um, and and I got sober I got sober, um, and and one day at a time I I, I didn't pick up a drink. Um, and and that to, to, and that was to turn into a period of of nearly ten years of sobriety um, between the ages of, of roughly twenty one and thirty one. And we're talking now, you know, late sixties, uh, mid sixties to mid seventies. Um, and 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 yeah, a lot of stuff happened, and 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 not all of it's relevant. But what I do remember is, and I, this is this is sort of the important thing is, the Alcoholics Anonymous. That I became associated with at that time was 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 very very fellowship based rather than program based. You know the the twelve steps were up on the wall and the big book was on the table, and I don't remember seeing much other literature in the sixties. Um, but but it really wasn't the, the, and there wasn't a lot of reading or whatever you done. Some of these blokes and they were mainly blokes. Back in those days, where you know they 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 they, they were farm labourers and truck drivers and and whatever, some of them were illiterate, you know, uh, certainly weren't academics. 
Um, so the basic thrust of staying, getting and staying sober was you don't pick up the first drink. You don't pick up the first drink. And you do that for one day. You go for one day without picking up the first drink. Now, if one day is too long, chop it back to half a day. If half a day is too long, chop it back to an hour. And if an hour is too long, chop it back to however long it takes you to find a phone and ring another member. And, like, this is long before mobile phones. Um, and, and, and get to meetings. Get to plenty of meetings. Now, getting to plenty of meetings involved... Um, involved the the city that I lived in, small city, that I lived in, uh, had two meetings, I think. But in the towns around it, within probably up to an hour's drive, there were meetings pretty well every night of the week. And and some of these groups consisted of no more than, than maybe one bloke, maybe two, who on a Monday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday, whatever the designated night was, would front up... Um, would front up and open the open the local church hall or whatever, and hope that somebody would turn up to have a meeting with. Um, and usually somebody did. Um, so we had meetings in the car on on the way to the meetings. We had meetings in the car on the way back. Um, so it, it so it was full on full on fellowship. And then it was suggested after a while that 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 after you'd sort of you know got this sort of a little bit sorted and you'd spent a few days one day at a time and become a few weeks. And maybe a few months that you have a bit of a look at the at the trail of shit you left behind, um, and and do something about cleaning that up. You know, make some reparation to the family and to people that you the people that you'd harm. And that pretty well basically was it. You know, that was pretty well it. Um, and it worked. And it worked. It's still working for some of those blokes. I'm still in contact with some of those guys who now have well over fifty years of sobriety. Blokes that I knew back then who've got a well over fifty years of sobriety. Um, and uh, and and their their attitude really hasn't changed. Now, at the end of that ten year period, uh, towards the end of that ten year period, uh, I was kicking ass. I was kicking ass. That earlier marriage had failed, not entirely not entirely related to my alcoholism either. That marriage failed actually in sobriety, although my earlier behaviour probably hadn't helped it. But that's the reality of the thing. And that marriage did fail. Um, and I and I and I remarried to the woman who's my wife today. I think we celebrate 40, 46 years this year. Um, but um, and um, and and I had a small but successful business going, and I was just on thirty years of age. The world was my oyster. I was kicking ass big time. Um, and 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 what happened was was that I forgot I was an alcoholic. Now, how does one forget something as basic? as the fact that one is an alcoholic. I'll tell you how you do it. You get busy, you get successful. You get you get too busy, you get, you get people to see, places to go, money to earn, you know, trucks to drive, and that's what I was, an interstate truck driver, um, and all of this stuff. And suddenly the time available for going to AA meetings and involving one in AA gets, gets narrower and narrower. Um, until without even thinking about it, there was no, there was never a day when I got up in the morning and said, "Bugger this, I'm not going back to AA." Uh, it was it was a much more gradual process until a time came when it was, I'm not even sure how long it was now, but it was certainly weeks, maybe even months, um, that I hadn't been to a meeting, um, and I found myself, um, as I mentioned before, I was an interstate truck driver, which meant being away for a fair bit of the time. I found myself stuck in another city um, about I'm um, converting to, to 
to uh, about 600 miles from home. Um, uh, where and I, without being, I couldn't get a load out, so I was stuck there overnight. And that had happened a hundred times before. And the only place to get a decent feed was at a hotel. And that had happened a, a million times before too. Exaggeration, several times before. I um, and I went down with a heap of other blokes. We jumped in a few trucks and 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 headed down to the pub. And somebody bought a beer and put it in front of me. Aussies tend to drink in what they call shouts, schools, where where. Um, yeah, so somebody bought a round of drinks and put a uh, and put a beer in front of me, um, and that had happened heaps of times before too. Now the difference was that on previous occasions I'd said, "Oh shit, sorry, should have said something." Somebody else can have that. I'll go and get myself a coke. That night I didn't. That night I didn't. I picked up that beer and I drank. I picked up that beer and I drank. Now I think in the back of my mind was was. Was was if I thought at all, uh, was well, you know, I can always go. If this doesn't work, I can always go back to AA. Now, now, what it didn't work because that very first night I got into trouble. Not a lot of trouble by alcoholic standards, but certainly the sort of trouble that your average social drinker doesn't have to worry about. Um, and woke up the next morning slumped over the wheel of my still running truck uh, on the on the on the side of a freeway facing the wrong way, um, that I had no idea where I was or how I got there. Um, yeah, and that's and how the coppers didn't get me, I've got no bloody idea. Uh, but they didn't. And 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 I awoke, uh, the sun belting in on the back of my head. In those days I even had air, but it was still belting in on the back of my head. And and my first thought you would think would be, oh, shit, that didn't work. I better get back to AA. My first thought instead was shit, that didn't work. I'm going to have to do that different next time. Next time, and that's that was that that you know that's insanity. That is dead set insanity, and and I continued trying to do it different the next time for 22 years, 22 years. Um, yeah, and that's that's bloody white coat padded cell insanity, um, but that's what I did. But that's what I did. Now I'm not going to take you step by step through that 22 years. I, I know it's very late where you are. You'll all be asleep. Um, but I will say I, I I was probably what is sometimes, I guess, described as a functional alcoholic insofar as I was still able to work, and I always did work. I always worked hard, and I always earned pretty fair money. The potential exists in the line of work that I was doing to earn pretty good money, but you really got to put the effort in to do it. Um, but, I, but I was able to do that, was able to do that. Um, and 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 it was also important to me because I needed to prove. And first of all, I needed to prove to my wife. Now that's something I need to go back to for a moment too. Bear in mind that my wife, who is still my wife today, that my wife had met and married me as a sober man. She met and married me sober. She knew that I was a sober member of Alcoholics Anonymous, and had been for about uh, the timing's a bit messed up in my mind now. I think about three years, maybe longer. Uh, between the time of 76, yeah, um, until until I drank again. So here she is, married to this bloke she's never bloody met, married to a bloke she's never met. Um, and, and, and the miracle of it all is that she stuck with me. You know, there was a time, and it wasn't so far back either, when I had the temerity to suggest to her, uh, my wife's about a five-foot-three redhead. She takes no prisoners. Um and 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 I did suggest to her that um, 
that, you know, really can't have been all that bad. After all, you're stuck with me. Jesus. Um, she she advised me in no uncertain terms that she stuck with me only because she had nowhere else to go. She had nowhere else to go. How many women are stuck in that sort of position? You know, I never laid a hand on her. I mean, if you'd have accused me of abusing her, I would have been highly indignant. But the reality is I abused that woman for 20-odd years. You know, I abused her financially. I abused, I abused her emotionally. I abused her in every other way. And the fact that I didn't lay a hand on her, she'd have probably preferred a belting to some of the shit I, I dealt out. Um, so, so, and so, but as I say, it was important to me to maintain a facade, you know, to work hard. I had the big house. I used to, you know, I would have said to you, and I think I probably did say, how can I be an alcoholic with a big house, two cars and a boat and a driver? Um, and, um, and that was, you know, I would, I would, I would, um, I'd make it a point. I would never drink during the day um, um, because that's what alcoholics do. You know, and, and I would, I would even if I had business to do, um, have an evening. I would not drink. If I was expecting an important phone call, I would not drink until that business was attended to, and then I drink. And the the the, the quantity drank and the, and the and the end result wouldn't be that much different. But instead of starting at four or five in the afternoon, I might leave it till seven or eight. Now, you know, and the reality is that whilst I was trying to prove that I wasn't an alcoholic. I was in fact proving that I am an alcoholic because ordinary people, social drinkers, they can have a few drinks or whatever with their dinner and then still function and still do stuff. You know, I couldn't guarantee that I would and I knew that I could guarantee that I would. So the safest way for me was to stay away from, you know. Um, I never, I was never one for going for, for liquid lunches because I knew that lunch would develop into dinner and, and, and probably bloody breakfast. Um, so I, I just didn't do that stuff, you know. Barbecues were a bit of a different, bit of a different thing because you had to sort of light the barbecue and what have you early in the morning to to get it all heated up and what have you. Well, once the barbecue's lit, it's officially a, a it's officially a social occasion, isn't it? Um, so then you can drink, you know. And, and that was the sort of crazy bloody reasoning that 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 um, that, that 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 I that I kept up with all those years. Um, and and you know we we. Um, and I look back on it now, in the same way as as a child, I went from being that 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 A student, uh, champion sports person to nobody. I sort of did the same thing in my adult life. You know, I had I had I had a real skill um, for 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 taking um, uh, taking um, uh, uh, failure from the from the jaws of victory um, because I could have a business, and I had I had some businesses that did quite well. Um, but then I'd, but I'd always cock it up. I'd always cock it up. I'd get too big for my boots, or I'd, I'd make some bad decisions under the influence of alcohol or whatever. And, and, and you know, it was it's so. You know, my poor wife and kids—they never bloody knew what was going on. I can remember on one occasion, um, I was, I was, I was doing all right. My wife had always been, had always been somewhat interested in music, so I bought her and the kids one of those, um, one of those Yamaha organ things. Um, and that was, you know, and I was being a great bloke, you know. Well, look at what, look at what I'd done, you know. And her and the kids loved it, and that was great for about six months, um, until some bloody financial disaster befell me, um, and 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 that and that had to be sold for groceries, um, you know. How does a woman put up with that? Jesus, but she did, but she did. So, um, to from there we come to. 
come to there was no particular no particular sort of rock bottom or 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 you know there should have the I'd like there should be a dramatic story to tell here, shouldn't it? You know, I should have, I should be able to tell you that I rolled a truck drunk or I, but I didn't. Never did, never even got done for DUI, you know, in all of those years. Absolutely hesitate to use the word miraculous in this context, but shit, it was wasn't too far off it. You know, there was nothing like that, but it just got worse and worse. And I and and in 1999, I had I. My my life was was in tatters. It was still looking all right on the outside. If anybody, nobody, neighbours wouldn't have known. The big house was still there. Boat was probably gone, but there would have there was a couple of cars there. Um, but uh, but I was in deep shit. You know, yet another business was was about to was about to uh, to go down the gurgler. This time, whereas in the past I'd always sort of managed to to quarantine the house from my business dealings. This time the house was in the mix um, and 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 that looked like going. Um, my long-suffering wife, she'd, she'd had a gutful. I could see it in her eyes. Um, she'd had enough. Um, and and I had a moment, had a moment of absolute clarity at about four o'clock one morning. Um, um, and the, the, the devout and deluded would, would want me to would want me to tell you that it was a spiritual awakening. It wasn't. It was a moment of absolute and total bloody clarity. Um, I realised um, with what intellect I had left uh, that this had to stop. This had to stop. And I knew what was causing it. I'd known for all of that 20 ideas what was causing it. And I also knew what I had to do to bloody stop it. But I had, but I had resisted that all of that time. So that particular morning, that morning I got up um, and I still remember, and I don't know, why I did this, and I, it's not often I share this actually, but I don't often share at this sort of length. Um, that morning I got up and I rang every one of my six kids, um, got some of them out of bed uh, very early on, the, on, on, on that morning, 24th of February 1999. Um, those who weren't, there was only, I think they'd all left home by that stage. I can't remember. Yeah, they had. Um, and, and, and rang them and told them. That I that I had realised that I was an alcoholic. Um, I'd always known that I was an alcoholic, but now I was accepting it, um, and that it was my intention to go to an AA meeting that night um, and to do my best to to repair the damage done. Now I don't know. I, I really maybe I was maybe I was shutting off the bloody maybe I was shutting off the bloody injury to the rabbit hole. Um, you know, uh, shutting off my means of escape. I really don't know. It, it, I don't know. I don't know that, but that's what I did anyway. Um, and that night, I went to a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, and and one day at a time, I have refrained from picking up that first drink ever since. Um, you know, and that's now twenty will be twenty three years next month. So so, you know, and but then then something else sort of came into the mix. Now I mentioned before that that um, that I. Um, that I um, that my first association with AA back in the 60s and 70s was um, uh, um, was uh, fairly God-free, if you like. Uh, it was it was it was a program. Well, it wasn't so much a program as a fellowship. Um, now I came back in 1999 to a to an AA which had changed which had changed dramatically or my perception of it changed anyway. I came back to an AA in 1999 that was just 
just so full of religiosity um, that it that it really bloody floored me. Um, and I struggled. Christ, I struggled. Um, you know, I was hearing things like, you know, you can't possibly get sober. You can't possibly get sober without God. I was hearing things like, um, you know, you need to read Chapter 4, uh, the big book. I had read Chapter 4 and found it to be the most the most deceptive, the most insulting uh, piece of literature I think I'd ever read, um, you know, and, and realised after a while, as time went by, you know, Bill Wilson wrote Chapter 4. Um, he also wrote Chapter 6 to Wives. Now, Bill Wilson was neither an agnostic nor a wife, and it shows. Um, they were two chapters of the big book that he should never he should never have written, um, and he did that against the advice of of, of a lot of people. You know, he's the, um, he's uh, there were there were atheists in AA right at the very start. You know, Jimmy Burwell, Hank Parkhurst, um, and they were they were perfectly capable and willing to write that write that chapter to the agnostic, as was Lois, Bill's wife, uh, prepared to write the the um, the um, the chapter to to wives. Um, and uh, and Bill Wilson, uh, Bill Wilson was a lot of things, but he was he was a very arrogant man. But um, and and his arrogance, he refused to let anybody else do that. Anyway, I I, I got myself off the, off the trail. Um, but anyway, I I stayed sober. I didn't drink. I stayed sober, and and I sort of um, I, I I I I I navigated. I became to realise, and up until that point. I probably wouldn't have described myself as an atheist. You know, I, I just didn't believe it. It was really wasn't an issue in my life. I'd been raised a Catholic. I might have mentioned that before. You know, and 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 but but the Marist brothers and the Vincentian fathers had, had belted any bloody religion out of me uh, very early in the piece. I had no respect whatever, uh, certainly for any of the religions, and no belief in no belief in any sort of God. So 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 it was, wasn't until I'd come back and been sober. You know, for a few years, I think that I'd sort of realised, yeah, I am an atheist, because atheism, atheism isn't a belief. Atheism's a conclusion. You know, atheism is is something that one where where one arrives after after a whole lot of thought and and investigation and research. Well, that's what happened to me anyway, um, and 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 that's it. So I had to navigate uh, around this, and and it took a while. I I think I think initially I just took the I, I didn't worry too much about the steps. I really didn't. I hadn't needed them the first 10 years, all those years ago, and I didn't feel I needed them too much this time. Um, and, and, and so that's what I did. Now, that sort of kept me going for about 16 years. Um, and I had periods where I was, where I was sort of happier. And I mean, I was always happy to be sober. I was never unhappy to be sober. But there were times when I was happy in sobriety. There were times when I was probably less happy. Um, and, and around about 2016, 2017, I sort of reached a stage where I frankly wasn't all that happy in sobriety. I found it difficult to go to meetings, um, uh, but but I knew from my previous experience I had to go to meetings. You know, I'd looked at a few other avenues and what have you, and I knew that AA wasn't the only game in town, but it was the only game in town for me. Nothing else, There was nothing else I could see that I felt could or would work for me. So I was stuck with AA, imperfect though it was. So, so I, I, I just got on with it. Now, what happened to me in about 2017, thereabouts, and, it, and the, I, I, you know, I didn't make a note in a diary. I don't keep a diary. But it's somewhere around about that time. I became concerned about the number of people I was seeing 
being effectively turned away, effectively being turned away from Alcoholics Anonymous by this, you know, believe or be gone uh, sort of mantra. Um, and and um, I've been talking for half an hour. That's too long. Um, and I, um, I, um, and and I really did. And 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 I, it it happened. It was one particular morning that I remember. This wasn't the only one. One particular morning that I remember, I was at a meeting, and and there was a bloke there who was who was I'd known him as a long time, absolute Bible basher. Like this bloke, this bloke, dead set believed that Jesus shared his cornflakes with him. Like he used to sit and have one-on-ones with Jesus over his morning cornflakes. I shit you not, you know, this bloke really believed this. Um, and that's all right. He's entitled to believe that, you know. I've, I'm, I'm bloody senile myself these days, so I understand where he's coming from. But but, but, but this particular morning there were, there were a couple of newbies in the room and, and he made a statement about, oh, yes, he knew that there, and he knew I was there and he knew where I stood, that he'd, he'd known a few People in AA that were that were that were atheists, but oh, geez, they had a pretty shitty sort of a sobriety. Um, and I and 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 I, yeah, that I, I didn't react well. I didn't react well, um, and that sort of set me on a path of, of, of discovery, if you like. I, I I started, you know, and bear in mind that I am not of the computer age. I'm closer to the bloody steam age than the computer age. Um, but I but I but I started doing a bit of research and. What have you? And I discovered there was such a thing as secular AA. Uh, I discovered there were people in AA who quite openly didn't believe in God, um, and worse, and some of them had been sober a bloody long time. I learned that there were people there right at the very inception of AA. I mentioned a couple of them before, you know, Jim Burl and Hank Parkhurst and others. So, so atheism was nothing new to AA. So, so, so I started to 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 make a few inquiries. I found that there were actually secular meetings in Australia, um, only about five of them, uh, but they were all at cities, you know, sort of a long way from where I am. Australia's a pretty big country. Um, so, so, um, and this was well truly before the days of Zoom. Um, so, but anyway, I, I, I found that there was to be a, a, a conference or, or a convention of secular AA in Toronto uh, in 2018. So my wife and I, We'd we'd sort of we never we never had been and never and still aren't very well off. But we we had a, a four wheel drive and a caravan that we'd done a bit of travelling with, and we sold those. You know, we it was it was hard to part with them. We were, they were, we had an emotional attachment to them, but we sold those to finance a trip to North America, incorporating a visit to that Toronto convention. Um, to say it was life changing is is and I know that's a, a hackneyed phrase, um, but I'm going to use it anyway because for me. Um, to be in a company of several hundred like-minded people in that room in Toronto in September, I think it was 2018, was truly life-changing. Was truly life-changing. Having felt marginalised as I did for as long as I had uh, here in Australia uh, in, in traditional AA, um, and it gave and it gave yeah, it was just it was just amazing. Um, I um, I um, I came back. To, we, we we continued that. We did our our trip around. Canada and North America came back, and I teamed up then with with another woman, another woman with a woman as a female member of AA, who I learned had tried to start a secular meeting here in in Queensland, not actually in Brisbane, but sixty or seventy mile away, uh, a year or so before. 
Now, this woman on her own had tried to start a secular meeting and she'd had the bloody, the, 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 the Taliban, uh, the bloody AA Taliban, descend on her in, in droves um, and shut her meeting down. She was just, she was just terrified of the bullying tactics that some of these people used. Um, and her and I, we, we, I made contact with her. She made, it doesn't matter, we made contact with her. Um, we got together and we decided we'd open a meeting um, in Brisbane and we opened that meeting. It'll be three years ago. It'll be three years in February, um, about the time of my, my, my birthday. Um, and we, we, opened a, we opened a secular meeting here in Brisbane. Now, the same bloody bullies and cowards uh, who'd, 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 who'd pushed her out you know, a year or two before turned up at the meeting. Um, I'm I'm 74 now, so I was just over 70 then. I'm fairly tall, but I'm not much of a threat. But these bloody cowards, as soon as they found that that she was no longer a woman on her own, even if her sidekick was a bloody, you know, a geriatric retired truck driver, um, they, um, they, 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 they took off. Um, they weren't going to do with a man. It was all right to bully a woman. Um, and that was, yeah, and that was, and that, that that's what happened. Okay, so so what happened then was that 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 we we started this meeting, and I'd like to tell you that we had to move to a bigger venue to accommodate it. That never happened. Um, we um, sometimes it was just Helen and there on my own, Helen and I there on my own. Then we get two or three others that turn up. Then we started to get inquiries from people who were who were too far away to physically come to the meeting, and Helen actually had. Had some of you, a few ladies, are no doubt aware of the uh, sober she devils um, in the states. Um, and Helen had had had, had association with them, so she knew about Zoom. Um, so so she and Helen's a bit younger than me; she's not quite from the steam age. Um, and and so so we decided we'd start a Zoom meeting, and we did that in late 2019, long before COVID. Um, so we had we had a, we had a, a hybrid meeting. Going here in Brisbane uh, before COVID, and people say, "Oh, you know, geez, you 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 had you know you 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 were looking into the future, or you had foresight." No, we didn't. We just just identified a need and went and filled it, and then the other shit happened. You know, we didn't know COVID was coming, um, and of course, COVID came and 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 tipped the world on its side, and and um, you know now we're all on Zoom. Um, Helen, unfortunately, is no longer a part of it. Helen, Helen has an inoperable brain cancer um, and is and is very very unwell. Uh, so she hasn't been to a meetings for quite a while. Um, so so that sort of brings us up to um, you know. And my my I am finding you know today I'm 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 just so much happier. I love I love my secular AA. I love the meetings. I love the people. Um, and and uh, you know, Marsha has, has been a, a regular visitor at our, at our meetings here in Australia, uh, as have a lot of other people. Kevin from Seattle, I see here. Um, and I think uh, the lady from Manhattan with the cats. Um, so, uh, you know, there's, 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 you know, and you're my friends and you're on the other side of the world, for heaven's sake. Um, I don't think I've missed anything important. Um, today, I'm, today, I'm a very happy, I'm a very happy, sober alcoholic. Um, I, um, I, um, and I, the reason that oh, I am so passionate about this, I think I could still say sober without secular AA. I wouldn't enjoy it as much as I do, and it would be a whole lot harder. But 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 my aim today, that my passion for secular AA is directed to the newcomer, uh, 
to that newcomer who's sitting down the back of that room that hopefully might hear me or somebody else say, hey, it's all right. It's all right. I'm an alcoholic. I'm sober. I'm an atheist. And I've been sober for one year, 10 years, 23 years. Doesn't bloody matter. Um, and that's uh, and that's how I believe we can best we can best carry the uh, do it do the twelve step work and carry the message to to those who still suffer. So uh, yeah, look, thank you very much for the invitation to to be a part of this, and I've I've uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And as far as I can see, you're all still awake, so I'll count that as a win. <laughs>